0: Welcome to Season 2 of the ASCA Viewpoints Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the student conduct profession in higher education. I'm Jill Creighton, your Viewpoints host. Welcome to the ASCA Viewpoints Podcast. I'm Jill Creighton, and today's episode features Dr. Donald D. Goering. Yes, that is the same Goering from the Goering Academy. Don is one of the founders of what was known then as ASJA and has evolved into the present day ASCA. So Don spent some good time talking about uh, kind of those initial days of ASJA, how it came to be, as well as some of those first moments at the early summer academies. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Don. It's pretty lighthearted, um, but I also wanted to share a little bit more about him. Uh, Don is a professor emeritus and past director of the Higher Education Administration Doctoral Program at Bowling Green State University. So BG. Uh, But he's also very well published. He used to co-edit the College Student in the Courts Periodical and has articles in the Journal of College and University Student Housing, the NASPA Journal, Personnel and Guidance, uh, the Dental Educator, uh, Surgery, Programming, and the College Student Personnel Journal. So he's got quite a lot of research out there if you'd like to take a look. Don was also recognized as a pillar of the profession by NASPA and spends his time now down in Florida enjoying retired life. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Here we go.
1: Anybody else on the line?
0: Nope, just you and me.
1: Just us two. Okay, good. Just us two.
0: So I'm so excited to be able to talk with you about the founding of ASJA and kind of its evolution into ASCA. So I was really hoping you could share with us kind of the story of how you all ended up gathering after Stetson and how it evolved from there.
1: All right. Well, first of all, let me let me tell you that somewhere along the line, I wrote a history of the first few years of ASJA. And it may be in the archive somewhere. And then at one of the conferences, they had a videographer interview me and videotape it all. So you may want to look for that also.
0: I will definitely go looking uh, down the rabbit hole for that.
1: Yeah, Jennifer may have it somewhere in the the archives. But it was just an idea that, that came. I was at the University of Louisville, and it was an idea that came to me that I, I was going to ACPA and commission, whatever it was, 14 or something, I don't know. And they did judicial affairs, as we called it then. And, um, you know, there would only be like one session at ACPA on student conduct. And I thought, well, that, that's terrible, you know, because we have all these federal laws and, and, and regulations. and We need to do more as a profession to help people who are doing this sort of stuff. And, uh, I mean, I was a professor. I wasn't doing it, so to speak, anymore, although I did serve on a uh, committee to hear some cases, a conduct committee, I forgot what we called it. But anyway, it was just that I I was distraught at at the fact that uh, neither ACPA and NASPA had nothing, hardly. I mean, maybe once every couple of years. So I said, we need an organization. And at the time, Bob Bickle, who was a professor of law at Stetson University College of Law, had a, a law conference that brought together lawyers, uh, university lawyers, or lawyers who represented universities, and people who did college discipline. And they both came to his conference, and, and for some, the the lawyers were speaking over our heads, okay? Not everybody, I mean, some of us understood what they were saying, but and, and some of them, like, um, come on, Dom. Uh one of the lawyers who was a member of ASJA, and I'm, I'm blocking his name right now, um, it'll come to me, Ed Stoner, Ed Stoner. Ed, you know, he was very in tune with what we were doing and spoke at our level, but he was about the only one at that conference that did. So after a couple of years of attending that conference, I asked Bob if I could, Bob Bickle, could I have a room during your conference at a certain time? And, and he said, sure. You know, I said, I want to see about organizing a, a group that does college discipline. Well, college conduct. Bob said, sure. And not only did he let me have the room, uh, but he let me have another room afterwards where we could meet. So I stood up and, and, and uh, said during his conference, uh, one of his general sessions, you know, those of you who are student conduct officers on college campuses, if you'd be interested in forming an association to deal with these problems, uh, let's meet in room so-and-so afterwards. Um, and Bob, let us have that room.
0: So who was, was that in that the, room? Uh,
1: pardon? Who was in that room? Who was in what? The the first room, the general session?
0: Uh, who showed up to the, the room that Bob gave you?
1: okay, uh, at the general session where I made the announcement that we're going to meet in room so-and-so, they were all attorneys and student conduct officers. The ones who met in room so-and-so were mostly student conduct officers. I don't think there was a, a lawyer in the group. And I proposed to them, I said, how about if we form an association or an organization for people who do student conduct or who are interested in it because I didn't do it and I wanted to be a part of it. So I said, but I'm interested in it. So, um, we, we had that dual category and therefore, you know, like people like Ed Stoner could be a member because he was an attorney and he didn't really do student discipline, but he was interested in it. And of course, he, he was one of our best, best people. And, uh, at that meeting, I said, you know, I. what do you think? And there were some naysayers who said, you know, oh, the last thing we need is another organization, you know, and I assume you're going to have a conference, and, you know, if it meets every year, we can't go to ACPA and NASPON, something else. And, you know, there were some naysayers, but not a lot of them. And mostly the people said, yeah, let's do it. I said, okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to ask a couple people to be with me. And during the year, this coming year, and I think it was in 1987 that we met at Bickle's conference. I said, during the the following year before this conference, it comes up again. What we're going to do is we're going to sit down and talk about the organizational structure and develop a constitution and bylaws and that sort of thing. And then we will present that to you next year. So they all said, oh, go for it, go for it. Well, I was at the University of Louisville, so we said, <laughs> I picked a couple people who were in fairly close proximity and um, asked them to come to Louisville for a day when we could we could do this, uh, maybe two days, I don't know. So several people came. I, I, I can't remember everybody, but um, I think Felice Dublon was there because she was at the University of Chicago School of Art, and that wasn't that far away. Um, oh, what's her name at? at um, shoot, uh, Mary Mary Sue Huffnagel. She was at uh, uh, Dayton and the University of Dayton, and that's just down the road from uh, Bowling Green, or up the road from Bowling Green. And uh, uh, I think Tim over from the University of Delaware and um, who else was there uh, I think Linda Tim came she was at the University of Illinois somewhere one of those uh, regional universities anyway uh, we sat down and and banged out this um, Constitution and we structured it along circuit lines US circuit courts which gave ASJ a problem here a couple of years ago. <laughs> so, but that's fine. It, it, that's what we did to begin. And the reason we did that was that um, if we were going to put out information, we wanted it put out on a, on a basis of circuit courts of appeals, because that's what the law would be in that circuit. And it would differ from circuit to circuit from time to time. So we said, well, let's do it by circuits. And then we decided we would have a meeting again next year at Bickle's law conference again, as a, uh, kind of a, uh, a subset of his conference. And I asked Bickle, uh, could we have a room, uh, <laughs> and, um, to, to present this to our, the people who came, who were discipline officers. And he said, well, of course, you know, and set us up and we had a room and, and, and all this was at the, um, Holiday Inn Surfside in Saint Petersburg.
0: So this is okay. where the uh, the birth of the casual nature of the ASGA conference comes from, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's it. we right across the bridge, and to the right is the Holiday Inn. And um, <laughs> we met in this room, and everybody loved the the uh, the constitution. I mean, they they said, "Yeah, fine, that's great." Uh, they they were so happy. I think to have something that recognized their work. And they said, let's make the dues affordable for everybody, including graduate students, so it'll be $20 a year. (laughs) So we said, okay. And we appointed, it wasn't Bill Kibler, Brent Patterson, I think it was. We appointed Brent Patterson to go out and get a a receipt book down the street at a uh, (laughs) drugstore. So he went out and got that, and somebody had a cigar box. (laughs) So after the meeting... He set up a table outside in the hallway with a cigar box and a receipt book and people were throwing 20 dollar bills and 20 dollar checks at him <laughs> <laughs> for membership <laughs> and he was trying to write receipts as fast as the money was coming in.
0: That's pretty uh, fantastic. Pardon? That's pretty fantastic.
1: Yeah, oh it was it was it was so much fun and then after the meeting my wife was with me and we went out we said now we're going to go out to the pool and have a celebration, so my wife made a bunch of Bloody Marys, <laughs> and we went out to the pool and had Bloody Marys. <laughs>
0: I just want to note That's for... That's how it, it started. <laughs> I and, just want uh, to note for the listeners that our very first minutes say uh, we'll meet in Bill Kibler's hotel room, BYOB. Yeah, yeah.
1: And and, and, and one year, I can't remember it was that year. No, I don't, it wasn't that year. It was a subsequent year when uh, we met... at at a different hotel. Bickel's group got our group got so big, Bickle was having to turn people away from his hotel the holiday in Surfside because there was no more room. We came in on a Friday and stayed over on Saturday and his people came in on Saturday and stayed over till Sunday. Well the Saturday was the problem. We we occupied a lot of the rooms on Saturday, and Bickle said, look, Gary, I help, tried to help you out. Now, here you are, messing <laughs> me up. I said, okay, we'll move down the street to the, and I can't remember the name of the hotel. It's a big white hotel um, opposite the street that uh, place, we, we called it our... our uh, The Sheridan? What, the fish, a what?
0: Is it the Sheridan across the street from Columbia's?
1: No, 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 no. Columbia's a different... Um,
0: Different area.
1: Uh, this was if you came out of the, the uh, Holiday Inn Surfside, you turned left and went up that street, uh, and we had a uh, we had a seafood restaurant there where we we all used to congregate. Um, oh boy, I'm, it's probably in a minute somewhere because we we ended up calling it the uh, official ASJA restaurant, <laughs> and we would have. Um, Uh, fried fish sandwiches and shrimp and you know it was that and it was just a joint Uh, it wasn't a fancy restaurant and we all went there and gathered there and had good food and good fellowship. Anyway this big white hotel caddy corner from where that restaurant was was where we had the conference and um, one night my wife and I went out and we had had a cocktail party in our room and We wanted to go eat dinner at this nice restaurant somebody recommended to us. So I said, look, you guys, and Kibber was one of them. I said, y'all just shut the door and lock it when you leave. You know, turn the little handle and and, and leave. And we had a balcony. It was a lovely room. And we came back that night, and we got in our room and um, got undressed, got ready to go to bed, and they had short-sheeted us. Oh, no. (laughs) My friends, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, as a matter of fact, at first, we couldn't get in the room because they had locked it from the inside. (laughs) And we had to call security, and security came up, and they went in the room next door, climbed over two balconies, and got in our room, and then unlocked the door. And then... We went to bed and got short sheeted. <laughs> all my good friends.
0: <laughs> it sounds like ASJA had a bit of a seedy underbelly start. It's kind of fun.
1: Oh, uh, it was. It was. And, you know, the thing about it was everybody, we all did the same kind of thing. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's not an easy job to put people out of school and to discipline people and put them on probation, and all that kind of good stuff. They, uh, they really bonded together because of what they did and, and the fact that uh, they all did the same kinds of things and it was no fun doing it. Uh, and you were trying to teach students and, you know, it, it, somebody had to do it. And, and from the beginning, from the very first meeting, we said this was going to be an organization not just to do student discipline, not just to know the law. But also to know student development, and it was the education of student development within the context of the law.
0: And if I recall, student development was one of the pieces of core philosophy that you took through the first two years of the presidency for ASJA.
1: That that what? No, I'm sorry.
0: Oh, was I was deep in there. Sure. Uh, no, I'm just saying that. I, as far as I recall and I have learned from our association's history, student development was really kind of the core of your philosophy as you took the yes. organization through its first two years of your presidency.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I was the only president that, that <laughs> for two years. <laughs> I, at the end of the first year, I said, I will be the president again because we needed to have some stability over at least a two-year period, not just one year. And that stability, I think, helped to uh, cement the organization and what it was doing.
0: so as you think about kind of maybe the first ten years of a s j a what are some of the best memories that you have?
1: Oh my goodness the one of the best memories of, that I have is that each year it got bigger, and i I also uh, a very good memory is the first summer. Institute. Um, and and that's that's a whole other story there if you want to hear it. definitely. Well, I was at Bowling Green at the time, and, and I said, okay, you know, uh, at the board meeting we said, you know, we need to have a, a summer training institute to help people get up to speed and so forth. We said, okay, great, you know, well, um, Denise Dickerson Gifford, I think it was Denise, she was on the board at the time. She was at Louisville, and she was doing campus discipline. And um, she's now the vice president for student affairs at uh, Widener College in Pennsylvania. And she said, well, I think we ought to have it someplace that's really beautiful and nice, you know. And so we said, yeah, well, okay, you know, what do you what do you suggest? Somebody, I don't know if it was Denise or not, somebody suggested the University of Colorado. Said, oh, that's gorgeous, you know. So... I said, yeah, and, and we'll, I think Denise was in charge of it. She said, we'll put members of the board as the faculty. And, well, you know, members of the board aren't always as knowledgeable as they ought to be about the law and such as that. But anyway, we um, said, okay. But we didn't have names of anybody except the board members. And we didn't have any big names. Because there were no big names on the board, there was no Gary Pavela, no Ed Stoner, uh, there were no people. Charlie Carletta, there was nobody like that.
0: So everyone's emerging still.
1: Yeah, and I, uh, so I, I drew a, uh, I took a map and I took a compass and I drew about a 200 mile radius around Bowling Green, and I sent information about this upcoming conference that's going to be at Bowling Green. And, you know, uh, it's on student conduct and we hope you'd come and here's the price and this is what you get and so forth. And so what you get in terms of, you know, two days worth of instruction, but nowhere did I say anything about who was going to do the instructing because I didn't know. And I, I didn't say what the topics were going to be at that time because uh, they hadn't told me. So I just sent this thing out, and because uh, I figured at 200 miles people could drive in, you know, and we'd have kind of a drive-in conference. Well, we didn't get enough people to sign up to pay for it. So, <laughs> I I was working with the uh, continuing education director at Bowling Green, and she said, Don you got to be more specific you know you, you got to do this in a in a better way so the next year i told the board rather than colorado why don't we have it i could do it uh, let's try it again i'll do it at bowling green now i said there are no beautiful mountains uh, there're only cornfields you can see from the third floor of my education building all the way to chicago i mean it's boring as hell <laughs> but you know maybe that's what we need for an academic conference So everybody said, yeah, okay, go ahead and do it. I said, all right. So that year, I sent out the brochure to, I think I extended it to like 250 miles or something. And I put down who was going to be there, what the topics were going to be that would be uh, discussed, and so forth and so on. Sent that out, and we got all kinds of responses. Well... The continuing education director and I, I, I said, I don't want to, you know, I need a room. I need some rooms to have a bunch of people in and do, do lectures, but I don't want to like a lecture hall in the chemistry building or, or the math science building. You know, we have these theater type things. I said, I, I, I don't really want that. I want a more intimate environment. So she said, well, the only thing we've got open is the top floor of thus and such a dormitory. It's a big open room. And I said, that sounds a whole lot better. So we scheduled the, the conference or the institute for up there. We got a ton of people who came. There were too many people for the room. And it was probably the hottest day in July and the building was not air conditioned. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean we you know, we've we've had our ups and downs.
0: We we've come a long way since the first summer academy.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um but we were trying to get our foot on the ground, and uh, we did. Uh, we got fans up there and everything else, and finally I, I gave in. I said, okay, let's go to the, the theater in the chemistry building where it's air-conditioned. <laughs> so we went over there. I mean, we were all soaked with sweat. <laughs> it was so hot up in that top story floor, and heat rises. So anyway, it, the rest of it came off fine, and everybody was delighted to be in an air-conditioned space, whether it's theater-style or not. So we said, okay, let's do it again next year. So, well, another thing, I had a a keynote speaker for dinner on Friday night and her father was very ill and she couldn't make it. (laughs) So I went to my office file and I pulled out a speech that I had made somewhere else. (laughs) I was the (laughs) keynote speaker.
0: You're the accidental Uh, keynote speaker.
1: Right. (laughs) Okay, next year, we said, let's do it again. And we said, okay, we'll do it again. You know, it was so successful. And the board loved it because it brought in all kinds of money.
0: So uh, thinking about where the academy is today, it's it's named the Donald D. Gehring Academy uh, in perpetuity. And in our profession, when you just say, I'm going to Garing, people know what that means. They know yeah. that it means it's the premier educational experience in student conduct. They're excited to go. So, what does that mean to you now um, that you're retired? To to know the impact that you left on the field.
1: I, I just. It just means that I'm eternally grateful that it worked out well and that people are benefiting from that summer learning experience. And I, I can remember even after the first one, people say, "You know." <laughs> I didn't mean to pay this much money to 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 get this kind of information. Not, that, <laughs> that, that wasn't what they said. You know, they, they said, I'm getting more than I paid for. That was it. I'm getting so much more than I paid for because <laughs> we work their tails off. And even uh, today, I think uh, people are told, you know, you go to Gearing Academy, you better be ready to work.
0: <laughs> better be ready to work. They're going to work your tail off. For sure. It's not a conference. It's an intensive learning experience.
1: Right. It, it, it's a uh, it's a school it's, it's an academy in fact it used to be the institute summer institute and I think it was um, uh, at Maryland uh, John Zacher, who was president he said you know this is more than an institute and uh, let's change the name to the academy and I, you know he he first asked me Dong that's named for you what do you think and I said I think that's a great idea you know go ahead
0: excellent now, looking at where the association is today, obviously we went through a name evolution. Uh, we're now the ASCA. Right. We also went through a restructure, kind of moving away from circuits, especially as we've right. added international components. Exactly. What do you think of where we are now?
1: Oh, I think it's great. I, I think we're in a good position.
0: And, and I,
1: you, know, you won't believe this, but uh, in the beginning, <laughs> I told my friend Parker Young, I said, Parker, I'm thinking about trying to get a bunch of people together and create this organization for student conduct, people who do student conduct. And I said, and I think it it could be the kind of thing that advances, evolves, whatever you want to say, until we, one day, we're going to be like NASPA and ACPA. We'll have our own office in D.C. And now we have an office in D.C. Yes, we do. <laughs> and I'm no great prognosticator or anything, but uh I just saw the need, and and, and I told people one year, it, it, it's like the movie uh, about the baseball team, you know, you build it and they will come. And uh, so we built it and they came.
0: And they stayed. And they came and they came. <laughs>
1: Definitely. Because they, we fulfilled the need. You know, it, it's so obvious that the that, that need was there. It was obvious to me, and then, uh, you know, here it is.
0: What do you hope for the association as it grows and moves forward?
1: Well, what I've hoped for from the very beginning. um, I hope that someday, and and I think we're getting there. We're we're almost there. We've got a foot in the door now. But when the federal government starts to think about laws and regulations dealing with student conduct, that they contact our leadership and have them talk to them about whether it'll work, whether it won't work, why it'll work, why it won't work, so forth, and and, and ask our advice, which they've ne- they never did before. Now, they're starting to in, in a very small way, but we've never been recognized before like we are now, and having that presence in Washington, I think, uh, will contribute to our being called upon to uh, give our advice of the people who are doing what they're talking about.
0: I think we hope for that, too. A bunch of
1: bureaucrats sitting back making regulations.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I think that you know, starting with past president, Chris LaShivo, he was really the driving force of getting us into D.C. And it was carried forward by President Matt Gregory and President Laura Bennett. Uh, and as we've seen a change in the U.S. presidency, we are hoping that we can continue to have a relationship with the Department of Education and Office of Civil yes. Rights. So,
1: Absolutely. From the beginning, that's, that's what I always wanted, that, that they would call on us and ask us, because we were the experts,
0: we, we like to think that we are, and I think that we do a good job of that. But, you know, we're all still learning as professionals, and that's one of my favorite parts about ASCA is that everyone comes to the table all the time willing to learn from each other.
1: Yes, yes. You know, I had a professor in graduate school. My my outside area was management, and um, he was a very revered professor of management. And he said one day in class something, and this has been umpteen years ago, okay, <laughs> And I've never forgotten, he said, we all exist in a state of relative ignorance. You know things that I don't know, and I know things that you don't know. And the best way to learn is from each other.
0: That is really sage advice. Um, Do you have any other tidbits of wisdom for the current members or the (laughs) listeners?
1: (laughs) No, no, that's my favorite right
0: there. I appreciate that so much. Uh, Is there anything else that you'd want current members to know or up-and-coming conduct officers?
1: No, I can't think anything right off the top of my head. I think I've told you some of the the, the cultural stories, <laughs> the historical things that uh, are make up part of our culture, and I think that's what we have that, that is going for us is is that culture of bondedness and uh, people who bond with each other and. and can understand that, you know, you're, you're going through the same thing I am. And, and when new people come to the conference, I think it's so neat that we have senior officers or people who have been in the field for a while who kind of take them under their wings, it, it, not even in a formal way, but in, we do it formally also sometimes, but informally. I've just seen it happen, and it's it's so good here i want to help you learn and uh this is what we do and who we are and how we operate i think it's great
0: we are so glad to have you kind of active and around in our association still very few organizations get the opportunity to spend time with their founders and so it's just a really great opportunity for us so i really appreciate you being willing to talk to the current folks
1: well thank you i uh i i enjoy it i you know when I was, I was in the Navy after I got out of college, and uh, my captain wanted me to stay in the Navy, he said, I'll get you an executive officer's job, which is right under the commanding officer of a ship. And I said, no, thank you, sir. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, I, I, I know that's a great opportunity for me, but I want to go back to school and be a teacher. <laughs> and he said, well, you're not interested in making a lot of money. I said, no, that's right. My father's been telling me that for years. so. I guess I, you know, I just always wanted to be a teacher, and um, I were one.
0: I absolutely appreciate so much that you know what you've done for the association and the teaching that you have offered to conduct officers all over the world at this point. So, again, just so grateful to have you on the podcast.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate sure. that, and uh, be sure to look for the, the the history. I think in one year, I think we put out a directory. And the history was on the front inside flap or something. and uh, But then there's that video uh, that was made. And I don't know where the, the two of them are, the, the, the history that I wrote. Of course, it's going to be an older history because um, I, I wrote it years ago.
0: I believe you're uh, referring to the monograph, which was released at the 25th anniversary the blue book. And so I I do have a copy of that, but I've never heard of the video. So I'm excited to go back and ask Jennifer what it is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Delighted to do it. And I'm so glad to be able to share those kinds of moments that uh, I and the association had over the years. It was just truly a blessing uh, to me anyway. And I think to a lot of people to have this organization in their lives.
0: Sure. Well, thanks again. Well, you,
1: thanks, Jill. You take care now and have a
0: wonderful day. Thanks, Don. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. Next week on the ASCA Viewpoints podcast, we welcome Laura Egan. Laura serves as the Senior Director of Programs for the Cleary Center. The Cleary Center is a nonprofit organization that partners with lawmakers and higher education campuses to work through technical assistance and training on the Cleary Act. Uh, For those of you on U.S.-based campuses, our annual security reports are coming due October 1st, so we'll be talking all about those as well as how the Clery Center can partner with your campus on how to engage with the Clery Act in ways that you may have not thought of before. We hope you come back and join us. This episode was produced and hosted by Jill Creighton. That's me, produced, edited, and mixed by Colleen Mater. Special thanks to New York University's Office of Student Conduct and Community Standards and to the University of Oregon's Dean of Students team for allowing us the time and space to create this project. If you're enjoying the podcast, we ask that you please like, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps others discover us and helps us become more visible in the general podcasting community. If you have suggestions for future guests or would like to be featured on the podcast yourself, please feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at ASCAPodcast or by email at ascapodcast at gmail.com.